the five top prophecies everyone should be focused on are the Six Trumpet War, the Israeli-Palestinian Peace Agreement, world government, world religion, and precursors to the Mark of the Beast. Well, we will analyze these events while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me in this edition of End of the Age. Wow, what a last couple weeks it has been. I've been all over the place. Last week, I was up at Jim Baker's in Branson, Missouri. Did a couple interviews up there. I was on with his, um, the guy who's really will take over for Jim Baker uh, one day, Mondo De La Vega. And I was on his program on Thursday. We drove back, went to Prophecy Conference in Plymouth, Michigan, came back, been writing for the magazine, on the radio, doing television programs all week. So, running as fast as I can. But I'm happy to be here with you today. I will be taking your phone calls. Uh, the number to reach me, one 877 363 There's so much going on in the news right now. And we've got to talk about it. So let me start off with a little dialogue. I mean, and you go ahead and call and uh, get on the line. We'll be going to your calls here in just a little bit. But world government, let's start off with that because there's so much happening so fast. I mean, it's really just kind of flying by. And I mean, folks, our team here is I'm reading everything I can get my hands on. I'm watching videos. I'm studying this stuff. And periodically, people will come up with something that I've never heard of. And I'm like, where'd you get this? And it's because things are happening so fast now. The Internet of Things, the Internet of Everything, digital dollars, uh, just precursors to the mark of the beast, world government, world religion. It's just sweeping us by, folks. A lot of people will ask me, okay, Dave, you guys live in the prophecy world. Well, and say we're in the end time, we'll prove we're in the end time. I have to prove it all the time. And I, you know what my reply is? Tell me which prophecy you want me to talk about. Name one. Any, anyone. Name them. And I can prove to you we're in the end time with that prophecy. If, if it's concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ. Things are happening so fast. And when I get on these radio and television interviews, last uh, Tuesday... I was on an interview, a radio interview with a guy, I think it was in San Diego, California, had a big radio program, and myself and Byron Stinson were talking about the red heifer and world government, all these things, and this guy, I mean, I couldn't see his eyeballs, but I know they were just as big as saucer. He said, you got to be kidding me, This all this world government and all this stuff's coming down right now? I'm like, yeah, it's a 2,000-year-old prophecy and we're way off into this thing. We're not at the beginning of the formation of a world government. We are at the culmination of this stuff just in the very near future. 
the Antichrist will usurp authority over this. And so, wow, these things are happening. You heard it, the town hall. They wrote an article. uh, The New World Order. Biden wants to be king of the world. Many of you sent me information about uh, Joe Biden talking about being in the world order. The town hall article said, yeah, the New World Order. Biden wants to be king of the world or at least part of it. So he was talking the other day uh, over in Europe and he said that, hey, there's going to be a new world out there and we've got to be the leader of it. Now, to some people, that was shocking. (gasps) Joe Biden is part of the one world government. Folks, listen to me. Joe Biden has for decades been an advocate for the liberal international order, the new world order, world government. He is a globalist. He, be, he is totally, 100% on board with the world governing body. The, Biden, the Obama-Biden administration is the ones that signed us on to the Sustainable Development Goals back in 2015 and the Paris Climate Agreement that same year. The, the Sustainable Development Goals were September of 2015. The Paris Climate Agreement... December of 2015. They were financial uh, commitments by the nations of the world to support this. It was All it is, folks, is wealth redistribution. That's why Donald Trump pulled us out of that. Because he realized, this is socialism. They're trying to redistribute the wealth of the United States to underdeveloped nations around the world, which it really only goes into the coffers of the despots. The... the, the, the um, totalitarian leaders of these countries. They don't go to help the people at all. Or, or, or I should say a, a vast majority of it does. So it should not be shocking when a globalist, a Joe Biden, who's talked about the liberal international order, the new world order for years now, decades really, and in his actions, he has supported. In, um, you remember back... But just prior to, well, when Trump was, uh, the, Trump was in the election process, coming up to be until the point where he was elected, finally, in 2016, tr- Mr. Trump at that point, prior to being president, he was criticized. He criticized the process of globalization during his run for president. When Irvin Baxter and I, we were watching this thing so closely, He started criticizing the process of globalization, the establishment, the deep state. He come out hammering socialism. And we were having great conversations and saying, do you realize what's going on here? This guy is talking against the ones that have run America for years now. He's talking against that and saying, I'm going to do away. You know, we're going to drain the swamp and everything. You You guys heard it as well as I did. Well... Because of what he was talking about, the globalists, they really began, they they feared how he might react should he become president. But they thought that Hillary Clinton would win and that, hey, that was just a given, right? And they they didn't really worry too much about the 2016 election. They didn't have to get involved, let's say, like they did 
oh, let's, you know, I didn't say this, but maybe they did in 2020, right? So the problem is when the election results came in, oh, what are we going to do with this Donald Trump fellow? Because he doesn't seem like he wants to play ball with the cabal that's running, the world governing system that's being established. And so this is what we're talking about here, this world government that was created, and it's prophesied in the Bible, Revelation 13, 1 and 2, and this is what Joe Biden's talking about. There's going to be a new world order, a world government, and we've got to lead that. It was not surprising to me at all, because for decades he has supported that, and it is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Right now, there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3,000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. The need for evacuation, shelter, flights, and emergency housing, nearly $10 million. The Jews in Ukraine need your help. If half of you gave just $250 toward this need, it would be met in full today. Please consider giving to help Jews safely escape Ukraine. To give or learn more, go to endtime.com slash Ukraine or call 800-END-TIME. That's endtime.com slash Ukraine or 800-363-8463. I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Again, I will be taking your calls today, one 363 8463 And I want to make a quick announcement, then we'll go to the phones. I will be in, myself and my wife will be down in College Station, Texas, at the Victory Church, 13107 State Highway 30, this uh, tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock. And Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Tomorrow evening I'll be doing the, uh, the Future According to Bible Prophecy, the big timeline. That church has not heard that yet, so if you've not heard that, come down to College Station, Victory Church, 13107 State Highway 30. We will see you down there. And then Sunday morning at 10 o'clock we'll be doing Breaking Prophecy News. I've got some, I'll be do, giving updates on the Red Heifer, a lot of different things. Uh, we'll talk about the Russia-Ukraine situation, what's going on there. 
And uh, I think you'll be very interested to see uh, what's going on. So, look forward to seeing many of you in College Station, Texas, tomorrow evening, 6 o'clock and Sunday morning. All the information is on our website, endtime.com. And go to the events tab and then conferences and look up the date. Everything's there, maps, phone numbers, everything you need to get to the church. We've been there before, had great conferences, and so look forward to seeing you guys down there. Okay, now, uh, if I have a chance, we'll get back to this. If not, we may have to dive back off into it um, on Monday. But let's go to the phones real quick. Let's go to Sam right here in Texas. God bless Sam. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, uh, I was studying, you know, the, the Great Tribulation, the, the time of killing of the Jews and the, the Christians. Yep. And I, I saw that there's 13 million Jews and 2.6 billion Christians. In Zechariah 13.8, God says that two-thirds of the Jews will be killed, and, but he's going to keep a third for himself. Correct. And I was just wondering how many of the 2.6 billion yeah. Christians will be killed. Right. So the the two point six to two point seven the two point six to two point seven billion that will be killed. One third of the world's population. That is know, in the sixth that's in the give me a second, no. Sam. That's in okay. the sixth trumpet war, which happens that. before the Great Tribulation begins. What Yeah, but I'm saying there's two point six billion Christians that are alive, and the Great Tribulation is going to be the time of killing Christians, how many of them will be killed during the Great Tribulation? I, the Bible does not give us that answer. Okay, because, you yeah. know, I know uh, Jesus comes and picks what Christians are left. Correct. That haven't been killed. And then, you know, it says the, the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So after that, no more... No more Gentiles to be saved. It's only going to be about the Jews and God. It's kind of deep okay. question. All right. Yeah. I mean, so let me for just let me bring our audience in on our conversation here, Sam, to make sure they know what's going on. When okay. we're talking about two point six billion people killed, that happens in the Six Trumpet War prior to the Great Tribulation. The Bible tells us that specifically. Yes. When you talk about a, a mass murder in Zechariah 13.8, Zechariah 13.8, so Zechariah chapter 12, 13, and 14 is referring to the, the Battle of Armageddon, which happens right there at the very end of the Great Tribulation period. That's when the vials of the wrath of God are poured out. So the Bible says in Zechariah 13.8, It shall come to pass that in the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off, two-thirds, but a third shall be left therein. And then verse 9 says, And I will bring the third part through the fire. I will refine them as silver is refined. Try them as gold. And they shall come, call upon my name, and I will hear them. And I will say, It is my people. They shall say, The Lord is my God. The Bible says there will be a remnant of Jews. When the, like, you, like you said, uh, Romans eleven twenty five 25, and 26. When the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, all of Israel will be saved. Some people teach that during the final seven years, there will be no Gentiles saved because God has specifically turned to the Jews. But that's simply not the case. 
Because if you look in Revelation chapter 7, John saw a vision of heaven in the future, and, he's in, and it does talk about the 144,000, the remnant of Jews. But then in Revelation 7, 9, he looks and he says, Behold, I saw a multitude no man could number out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation, not just Jews. And the elder looks at him and says, Who are these individuals? John says, I don't know. Thou knowest. And the elder said, These are they that came out of great tribulation. So there will be the end time revival will be a Jewish-Gentile church mixed, just like the early church was a Jewish-Gentile church mixed. And so uh, I just wanted to bring everybody in on the conversation here to let them know what's going on and that the Revelation or Zechariah 13, 8, and 9 is at the Battle of Armageddon, totally separate from the Sixth Trumpet War. Yes, sir. Okay, you know, but to get to heaven, you either have to be raptured up or killed so i'm just saying yeah evidently all christians will be dead by time either if to get to get to heaven you can't be alive and get to heaven yeah well no so the the bible says that at the time of the rapture the dead in christ will rise first then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air so shall we ever be with the lord so there will be christians here at the time of the rapture who are alive and well on the earth. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just wondering, out of the percentage of the two point six billion gotcha. Christians that are alive today. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if I can if, answer if, that question for you, Sam. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank, thank you much, you. my friend. God bless. Uh, let's okay, go to bye-bye. Darlene in Pennsylvania. God bless, Darlene. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi there. Hey, my question is regarding the rapture versus the second coming. Now. I know that there's no distinction between the two and that that is a singular event. I've been listening to uh, Irvin Baxter for many, many years. But I was struggling to really explain the why to a friend who listens to another prominent prophecy teacher Uh um, who teaches that the rapture is one event and then the second coming is yet another event. Yes. So I'll get off the phone and listen for your response. Thank you so much, and God bless you. All right. God bless you as well. So, like you said, Darlene, the the rapture um, and the second coming are one simultaneous event. What happens there? Because I know that when people teach there is a rapture, and then which they believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, they believe the rapture occurs, there's a seven-year tribulation, and then the second coming of Jesus Christ comes back when he plants his feet on the Mount of Olives. They say, and most people t- would te- that teach that believe there's a seven-year tribulation. Okay, so there's a lot of things wrong with that, misconceptions. Number one, the Bible specifically teaches the rapture occurs at, after the, the Great Tribulation, not before. So we here at End Time Ministries, and again, Darlene, you said you have uh, followed Irvin Baxter for years. We believe in a post-tribulation rapture, not a pre-tribulation rapture. The Bible's crystal clear on that. Now, I know some people don't have a full understanding of that, but I mean, uh, I'd love to have a cup of coffee with them. So, the rapture occurs at the very end. So, some people have said, well, if you believe that, then you've got to believe in the U-turn theory or a horseshoe theory where, hey, we're going to leave and we're come right back to the earth. Why would God do that? You know, you've heard that scenario. The fact of the matter is, is there are not two raptures. There is one rapture, This is all found in Revelation 19. The Bible says, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll go there and read it. 
That way, you, this will help you to explain it to your friend. Go to, take them to Revelation 119. Go down starting with verse 6. The Bible says, I heard, a, I heard as it was a voice of a great multitude, many waters, the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Then when you get to verse 7, it says this. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. The rapture is the marriage of the church to Jesus Christ, the bridegroom and the bride. This is when it happens. This is the rapture. It's all the way over in 19, verse 7. Then it says, It was granted to her that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. Fine, the fine linen is <coughs> excuse me, the, the righteousness of the saints. So in chapter 19, it gives a depiction of the rapture, the marriage, supper, the marriage of the Lamb. Then it says, it goes on down to verse 9. Now remember, this is step by step how it happens. It says, and he saith unto me, right, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. What happens at the time of the rapture? The angels come and gather the elect. They're called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And they, they, uh, that's what happens. So the rapture occurs. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. The scenario is played out here in 19. And then the Bible says, I saw heaven opened. Behold, a white horse. He that sat upon him was faithful and true. In righteousness he does judge. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. I'm going down through the chapter. And the armies which were in heaven followed with him on white horses. This is all in the same chapter. So what happens? It does not say there's a gap between any of this. In um, Matthew chapter 24, verse 29 through 31, immediately after the tribulation of those days, which is when 19, that's what it's speaking about, immediately after the tribulation... The sun shall be darkened, moon shall not give her light, stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heaven shall be shaken, then shall they see the sign of the coming of the Son of Man in heaven. He shall come with, in the, with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with the sound of a trumpet to gather the elect unto him. And so that's what, exactly what this is talking about. The, the bride hath made herself ready, we're gathered together unto him. The Bible says they're called, where? To the marriage supper of the Lamb. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, we're gathered from all over the earth. The dead in Christ will rise out of the graves. We are, who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him from all over. We'll be caught from China, from the United States, from Canada, South America, down in Africa. And we will be gathered up to the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. And then we go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. That's when the Lord plants his feet on the Mount of Olives. So it's one simultaneous event. People, the, the saints have to be gathered to the battle of Armageddon. And so we, what happens to us? Once we've been given our immortal bodies, we have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, we go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the battle of Armageddon. And so that's what happens. There's not a separation in between there. They're not two separate events. There's not two raptures. When he plants his feet on the Mount of Olives, the Bible says in, um, I just quoted it, well, uh, Romans eleven twenty five and 26, all of Israel will be saved at that time. That's when they come out and they, 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 Israel knows the prophecy of the Lord coming back, planting his feet on the Mount of Olives. It's in Zechariah. 
they're going to know he's the Messiah. They're going to come out and they're going to say, the Bible says in Zechariah 13 that they will say, what are those wounds in your hands? And Jesus, the Messiah, is going to say, these are those with which I got in the house of my friends. And the, the, the scales, the Bible says that Israel now is blinded in part until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. That's at the second coming. So the blindness in part, that will fall off of their, the scales will fall off of their eyes. And then we'll recognize Jesus as a Messiah. And they will all be saved at that point. The ones that have came through the Great Tribulation, through the Battle of Armageddon, and have made it through the earthquakes and everything else that happens. Just like Zechariah 13, 8 and 9 we read, two-thirds will be destroyed, but the one-third, the ones that will come through the fire, they will be saved individuals. That's what happens at the time of the rapture and the second coming. God only comes back one time in the future, not twice. And a lot of people have said, well... Yeah, but he comes in the sky, but yet he doesn't plant his feet on the Mount of Olives. So he, he didn't really come back at that point at the time of the rapture. So the rapture could occur and then there's a seven-year period in between. That's simply not scriptural. The Bible says that they're at his appearing, singular, in Romans or Revelation chapter 1-7, that the, every eye will behold him when he comes back. He only comes back as a thief in the night one time, right? Everybody knows that. Everybody listening. The Lord only comes back as a thief in the night one time. Let me do something real quick for you guys, because I want to make sure you get this. And ladies. Revelation 16 is the battle of Armageddon. That's the vials of the wrath of God. It's the battle of Armageddon. Go down to Revelation 16 after the six vials, after the sixth vial where the the great river Euphrates is dried up to make way for the kings of the earth to come down against the battle of Armageddon. Listen at this. After the sixth vial, go to Revelation 16, 15. It says, behold, I come as a thief. That only happens one time in the future. It's right here at the battle of Armageddon. Blessed is he that watcheth, keepeth his garments, lest they walk naked and they see his shame. Folks, the rapture happens at the end of the great tribulation, right there when the battle of Armageddon is happening. Because when we come back from the, the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, we come back to fight on behalf of Israel at the battle of Armageddon. It all happens right here at the very end. There is no rapture seven years prior to that. So, hopefully, Darlene, you got that. If not, play this radio segment for your friend. And, and have them call me, 1-800-END-TIME. Email me, drobbins at endtime.com. I'd be happy to have the conversation with them. Uh, because this is very, very critical, the timing of all of this. Because I'm telling you what, folks, the greatest time of revival the world has ever known is ahead of us. All of these apocalyptic events are being staged by God to set the stage for the greatest time of revival this world's ever known. And it's ahead of us now. And we are sowing seeds. What are we doing on the radio? We're sowing seeds for that great revival just ahead. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. So, can you guys tell that I get excited about this stuff? I mean, once you understand the prophecies of the Bible, and you know how close we are to the second coming of Jesus Christ, I mean, I can spend all night and the rest of the morning on this stuff. Because the greatest time of revival the world has ever known is just ahead of us. Man, I love this stuff. Okay, wow, got to get back to the phones. This is your time uh, I know that was a lengthy answer, but man, uh, people have to understand. That's one of the most controversial topics, folks, in Bible prophecy. Everybody wants, it's pre-post-trib. And I, I know we've taught many times on it. We'll probably have to teach many more times. Because the church needs to prepare themselves for the times just ahead. In all of our Bible studies that we do and everything. We prepare people mentally and physically for the times just ahead and then spiritually for eternity. So we teach the Bible. Now, I'm not saying that anybody who believes in a pre-trib doesn't believe in the Bible. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's a lot of tradition that people have taught. My grandpa taught this. My dad taught this. And so this is why I teach it. I, I understand that. I teach a lot of what, I, I teach all of what Irvin Baxter taught. And I will never move off of any of that. However, I had to study it and get it for myself. And it's, that's very, very important when you're un, uh, trying to figure this stuff out. Okay, let's, let's move on. Um, Scott in North Dakota. God bless Scott. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi. How you doing? There. Yep. Thanks for taking my call, Dave. Absolutely, hey. man. I got a question about Revelation, or I'm sorry, Daniel chapter 7. Yes. Uh, the, so the beast that Daniel sees coming out of the water. So we know that the, the lion represents Great Britain, uh, the eagle's wings, the United States, the, the bear is Russia, and the four-headed leopard is Germany. Yes. Uh, what, what about the uh, bird's wings that are on the back of the leopard? What do you think that represents? So it appears to represent the Franco-German alliance, or France. The, the, uh, it's the wings of a fowl. The animal symbol of France is the rooster, or a fowl. 
And so it appears, if, you've heard, if you understand history, you understand the Franco-German alliance, France and Germany are in total lockstep with each other right now. Moving forward, they'll always be in alliance with each other. France is part of the European Union. Germany is the dominant nation in the European Union. So that's what we believe it is, is that it is the nation of France. Okay, so the second part of my question, thank you, by the way, is in Revelation chapter 13, we see these nations coming together, forming a, the one world government. Yes. And we're, it's, we know that it's very significant that the United, or that the eagle's wings are not present in that vision. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's any significance to the, to the wings of a, of a fowl also not being present in that? Yeah, so it is possible that the that the uh, France, the nation of France, could be one of the ten horns or the, the ten kings that come up and form an alliance with the Antichrist in the end time. Uh, because France is going to be there. France is part of the European Union. That's going to be the power base of the Antichrist. And so I don't really, you know, I don't, the United States broke away from Great Britain and became its own nation. When it did not say that the, in other words, Daniel did not see the, 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 um, the wings of a fowl break away from Germany. It just shows the right. body of the leopard, the world-governing body, as the body of the leopard in the end time. But it's possible that France could be one of the ten horns or one of the nations that are in alliance right there with the Antichrist in the end time. Part of that two-tiered European Union. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, and I was thinking the, the same thing, that, that it's really significant in Daniel that the... He illustrated, hey, the wings of the eagle were plucked from the lion. That's correct. He didn't say that about the wings of a fowl. So, yeah, no, that sounds great. I appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. And I do thank you for the call, my friend. Thank you. God bless you. Absolutely. You too. Uh, let's go to Jeannie in Wisconsin. God bless Jeannie. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How are I'm you? Tremendous. Wonderful. Uh, I've got a couple questions. Um, one is in reference to Revelation thirteen thirteen, um, where uh, the Antichrist is going to make fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Yes. Uh, are we to take that just literally as it is, or this could it be uh, a reference at all to nuclear uh, a nuclear attack, or just exactly what it says? Yeah. So. In Revelation 13, 13, we're talking about the, the world religion that will be established and the leader of that, the false prophet. So here's what it says for everybody. Revelation 13, 13. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. And here, this is very key. Go to 14, Jeannie. It says, And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. So it appears from these scriptures that this him calling fire from heaven will be a literal miracle that he will be able to perform calling fire down from heaven. Because the Bible says in Revelation 19.20, when the Antichrist and the false prophet are getting at the second coming, when they're getting ready to be cast into the lake of fire, the Bible says that this, it refers back to the miracles that the Antichrist was, or the false prophet was able to deceive many by the means of the miracles that he had power to do. So it appears that that is a literal miracle that will happen. I see. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and then the other thing I'm just curious about is um, 
what is your thought on uh, whether or not the Antichrist will be aware that he's the Antichrist? I don't believe that he will because he's going to think it's, it has been our opinion for years that the Antichrist would be, it's a good possibility, the Antichrist will be inhabited by Satan himself. Because the Bible says that they will worship the beast, and then it also says in Revelation 13 that they will worship the dragon, which give him his seat, power, and great authority. So it has, it has been an opinion of ours, Jeannie, that the Antichrist would be inhabited by Satan himself. The Antichrist will be deceived in his own mind. He, he's going to actually think that he's doing a good thing in ridding the world of people who will not conform to his edicts and pledge allegiance to the world governing body. Mm. I.e., consider a Hitler who believed he was in the right by exterminating six million Jews because they were not, they, they, none of them could qualify for his race, his perfect race that he was trying to create. So we need to exterminate them. We're trying to create a perfect race. So the Antichrist will think, hey, the solution to all this is world government. I'm a, the, the worst totalitarian individual that's ever lived, and I'm doing a good thing by ridding the, the um, world of people that do not want to comply with my edicts. And Gorbachev, in his book Perestroika, actually put, actually put that out there, that thought process that, hey, we need to extirpate all religious exclusive individuals who will not want to conform to this well, extirpate means to kill off. But in Gorbachev's mind, he was thinking we were doing a service to this world governing body that's trying to be created by extirpating people. Well, so the Antichrist is going to be deceived in his mind like that into thinking, hey, I'm actually doing good by resorting to persecuting people. And so I don't believe that he will know he's the last great world dictator that will fight against the Lord in the end time. I, I honestly don't believe that he will know that. Okay, it makes sense. And if Satan is within him, then that would really make sense. Yeah, uh, so again, that's opinion. But I think, you know, the Bible says they will, the, the whole world will, will worship both of them. Everyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life will worship these individuals. So it, it's, it has been our opinion now. I'm just, this again, speculation that it's always been our opinion that the Antichrist would be inhabited by Satan himself. There's at least a great possibility of that, yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thank you for the call, and God bless you. Have a great weekend. Uh, let's go to Randy in Illinois. God bless Randy. Welcome to End of the Age. God bless you, Brother Dave. I love to hear you teach, and I love to hear Irvin teach. I've called in a couple times, and I'm so glad that I've got to talk to you all before. Uh, real quick. Uh, Dave, in 2011 is when I started really, really studying with you guys and ordering all the materials, and it totally, totally changed my mind because I was one that believed the rapture was about to take place, of course. Yeah. Anyway, in Daniel chapter 7, and I think this would help so many people, uh, verse 4 is when the, uh, the bear with the raised, and it had three ribs in its mouth, I wish you would give everyone a, a good teaching on that today and, and the significance of it. 
uh, plus the fact that one comment, comment real quick, uh, Pastor Irvin used to say uh, that he seen the third trumpet first, and that's what helped him. Yeah. And when, when I started uh, really studying with you guys, the chapter 7 of Daniel, when you see all of these nations that absolutely depict the United States as the eagle's wings, yeah. uh, of course, England— uh, France of absolutely riding on the fowl and is at on the uh, the back of the leopard, which is done many times. But it's just not a coincidence that in world government and veto power that the United States, Russia, France, England, uh, Germany, it's just not a and they was added, of course. Right. It's just not a, a contradiction or a a happenstance actually yeah. that this really happened. And I'll shut up and I'll let you talk, sir. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I, get, I get excited too. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I know. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it, Randy. So, yes, sir. thank you. Yeah. The um, so in Daniel seven, and I'm, I'm going to hit a break here pretty soon. So we'll we'll jump back into sure. it after that, uh, and then we'll go to Trey on the other side of the break. So Trey, just hang in there, my friend. The Daniel seven. Daniel saw four beasts. Let me bring everybody in on our conversation here, Randy. The Daniel seven. He saw four beasts: lion with eagle's wings, bear. Four-headed leopard, ten-horned beast. In, ch- in verses 17 and 23, it tells us these beasts symbolize nations and the rulers of those nations and that they would be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ when the God of heaven would come back and establish His kingdom here on the earth. Now, that's the, the treetop version of that prophecy. So, what do these, what modern nations do these beasts symbolize? Well... Great Britain, uh, the lion, Great Britain, the eagle's wings, the United States, the bear, Russia, we'll get to that, Daniel 7, 5, the leopard, Germany, and then the ten horns are the current European Union or the revived Holy Roman Empire. Okay, jump to Daniel 7, 5. This is what it says, everybody. Behold, another beast, a second beast like unto a bear. This is the nation of Russia today. And it raised up itself on one side. It had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it, and they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. Now, this is very key that Randy brought this up because the nation of Russia is mentioned many times throughout Scripture. The United States, twice. The Germany, uh, Germany twice. In other words, uh, Daniel 7 and 13. But when you go to Russia... It's four times. And, uh, okay, so we're coming up to a break here. Let me, well, jump back into this after. Because Russia is the aggressor nation at the Battle of Armageddon. And it ties in to Daniel 7.5. So we'll get back into it on the other side of the break. And uh, then I'll get to Trey. And there's some spots open, so if you want to call in, give me a call. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. So when you're talking about the Russian bear, like I said before the break, the Russia is mentioned four times in Scripture. And when you look at Daniel 7, 5, it says, Second was like unto a bear. It was raised up on one side, had three ribs in the mouth of it. What does that mean? Well, it, from all I can tell, and Irvin Baxter taught that it would be, he believed that it would be bones of contention between Russia and some other nations. Now, we speculated this because we don't know 100% for sure. This is going to be one of the things we'll have to live through, look back and say, okay, that's what it was. At this point, I don't know if we can conclusively answer what the three ribs are. Early on, Russia and China had always, uh, there have been bones of contention, these nations, uh, Mongolia, Manchuria, and Xinjiang. I hope I got that name right. Um, those three nations was always bones of contention. I've got articles that say those nations are bones of contention between Russia and China. So it said it had three ribs in the mouth of it. Well, then, if you understand what happened at the end of World War and the nations that were became the USSR, they controlled them, and then they broke away, and now they're part of NATO and everything. It's, it's playing out in the news today. The Baltic nations of, oh man, um, Lithuania, Latvia, and one of them is uh, almost fully digital, um, Estonia. Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, the Baltic nations. That's a very contentious three-nation group right there with Russia and the NATO members in Europe. Now we're seeing three more with... um, Really, with the, the three bones of contention, Crimea, the Ukraine, Georgia. I mean, so what I'm saying is, as we go along, it looks like to me that the, the bones of contention, these ribs will be, we'll have to live through that and then look back and say, okay, here's what it was. I don't know right now if I can give you a conclusive answer, Randy. I do apologize for that. Um, and then it says it, the ribs were in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it, bones of contention. I've got uh, articles that say the Baltic nations are bones of contention between Russia and Europe. And I mean, it's just so, I, I don't know at this point. I, I've just got to tell you, I, I can't, I cannot fabricate that answer because we simply do not know. Irvin Baxter didn't know. We speculated at that point, you know, I, I can just tell you, I don't know. The Bible does say though, and they said, thus arise unto it, devour much flesh. Now, you can see what Russia's doing right now. Russia will be the aggressor nation. So, to wrap it up, Russia is mentioned in Daniel 7, the bear. Revelation 13, the bear. Russia is mentioned in Ezekiel 38, 39, Magog. The, um, the nation that leads the charge 
down against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. The Bible says, I will put hooks in your jaw, draw you down. And so, and it's mentioned at the Battle of Armageddon, and then the final time is mentioned all the way at the end of the 1,000-year millennial reign. Satan has been bound for a year, but the Bible says he's loosed for a very short time, right there at the very end, and he goes out, because Satan is a master deceiver, he goes out to deceive the nations of the world again, and it specifically mentions Gog and Magog again. Russia, there's just something in the soul of those individuals, or at least the nation itself, that they're going to be deceived and they're going to come down with other nations against Israel to battle. But the Bible does not say there's a battle at that point. The Bible says they come down to battle, but that God simply consumes them with the fire from heaven. The God's just done with it at that point. And then the earth is prepared for the great white throne of judgment. So Russia, the aggressor nation in the end time, the Bible says, and thus they said, Unto it, arise and devour much flesh. Russia is certainly living out that prophecy, wouldn't you say? The Russia-Ukraine situation, it's horrible. People are being killed for just no reason. So, that's Daniel 7.5. Now, we could go into a lot more, but I, I just that's, that's the treetop version so we can move on. Uh, and Randy, I hope that helped you out. God bless. Let's go to Trey right here in Texas. God bless Trey. Welcome to End of the Age. Yes, sir. Uh, are you on? Can I hear? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, I'm calling with 20 years of experience working with the uh, in the elections process, and I've watched that that video yesterday about the New World Order. Mm-hmm. I have come to the conclusion, and it's just I have a very bad feeling that Joe Biden will be president in 2024, regardless. I just I think he's going to be supported with the likes of Hollywood, Wall Street. All the, the the inner workings of Washington, uh, and I, I have a uh, my my hope is that the Republicans will take control of both houses of Congress, especially the Senate, and they can stop at least delay him or slow down the speed of his his radical leftist stuff. Because if if if, if we have an all Democratic government in Washington D.C., I, I think he's going to appoint uh, two replacements. In the Supreme Court uh, with Alito and Thomas, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to put on some extreme leftists, and this country, like we like we've known it before, yeah. will, will cease to exist. And yeah. I think it's part of the prophecy of, about this world global government. I, I, in my lifetime, the only two presidents I know that stood really stood for America more than anybody else were Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. Right, the, the, they were always lambasted by the lambasted by the media you know, for being right-wing and, and being to the verge of being Nazis. Yeah. And, you know, no matter how bad the Democrats messed up, either with the economy or their own personal life, the media always found a way to revive them. And I, I think, I just have a very bad feeling we're going to get a Democrat in 2024. I mean, I'm, I'm going to vote for Trump, and I still support him, but I don't know. I just have a very bad feeling. I hope I'm wrong. But yeah. is there? you think that might be some kind of Bible prophecy if, if Biden gets in, back into office and, 2024? Well, I don't know if it's a Bible prophecy that Biden will get back in, but I do know, uh, Trey, I'm not sure if you know what we teach about the United States' role in the end time, but because the... So we've been talking throughout the program about Daniel 7 and the modern nations that will be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And when you get to Revelation 13, 
Those same beasts are mentioned there again in a world governing body. They have federalized into a one world governing body. The Bible says it had the body of the leopard, Germany, the feet of the bear, Russia, the mouth of the lion, Great Britain, and the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom, which would be the current European Union. All of those will be members, participants in that world governing body. However, the eagle's wings are not mentioned there. If you jump back one chapter, we are mentioned in Revelation chapter 12, verse 14, as protecting Israel. The woman with 12 stars around her head in Daniel, uh, Revelation 12 is Israel. And the Bible says Israel is carried away on the wings of a great eagle where she is nourished in her place for time, times, and half a time. We believe that the United States will stand with and protect Israel against the world government all the way to the, to the, to the end. Now, I understand that right now it does not look like we will do that because President Obama was anti-Israel. President Trump was the most pro-Israeli president in my mind that we've ever had. And then Joe Biden, anti-Israel. And so I know it looks like, hey, you know, the United States is not going to stand with and protect Israel. According to the prophecies of the Bible, we will. And I know that, and this is something for everybody to take hope in, Trey, is that the, there were many times in the Bible where all it took was one act from God and an entire empire or a kingdom was overthrown. And in one day, like in, um, in the uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the three Hebrew children with King Darius and Daniel, in one day, one act of God and both of those kings that ruled world empires said, Nobody in our kingdom will worship anybody but your God. So, at the end of the day, Trey, I know that the voting system is insane. I know that politics is insane. But at the end of the day, there is still a God. And God, maybe God wanted us to go through a Joe Biden uh, for four years to let us know how good we had it prior to that and that people would turn to God. Because in rough times, people tend to turn to God. You, you just, you got to look at history. And so the United States, we will probably have to go through some stuff because we have thrown basically, a, a, not everybody, but a, a lot of people have thrown the moral compass of God into the trash can. And you see people that are pushing these horrible LGBTQ agendas and transgenders on kindergartners and all this total debauchery. God's going to judge that. God will not allow that stuff to continue forever. He does give people space to repent. But there comes a time, i.e. Sodom and Gomorrah, i.e. Um, the um, Noah in the flood. There comes a time when God says, I'm done, I'm going to judge it. And so God doesn't let things go on forever. He does give people space to repent, but there does come a time when God will judge nations. And there may come a time when the United States has to be judged by God for some of this horrible debauchery that's going on here. I mean... What, uh, 60 to 70 million abortions since Roe v. Wade? I mean, you think God doesn't know about that? Oh, maybe that slipped by under his radar. No, nothing slips by under his radar. So at the end of the day, will America be judged by God? I pray that we come to our senses before that happens, but it is possible. And um, there, something needs to turn America around, 
and God knows how to do that. Um, so I, we'll just have to see. D- Trey, don't ever rule out the God factor. I know politics is totally corrupt, but don't rule out the God factor. My hope is not in Donald Trump. My, now, Donald Trump did some good things. I totally agree with you. But my hope is not in Donald Trump. My hope is in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the, is the one in control, period. I mean, you've got to have your trust and hope and faith in Him. So, man, I know that's a mouthful, but Trey, that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm always going to come at it with the God factor. Because that's how I live my life. And God can turn all this around on a dime. And so, man... Um, so that, that's 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 the, my aspect of it and uh, where I'm coming from. Uh, so that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, Trey. Well, well, th- well thank you so much. I appreciate it because, uh-huh. like I say, just seeing how this country has really gone down the tubes in the last 20 to 30 years, it's just very upsetting and saddening to see. And I, I'll, I'll pray you're right. Yeah. I hope and pray for my, 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 my niece and nephew and, and the, the younger generation because, if not, they're going to have a really rough life, and I really uh, don't yeah. want that to happen to them. Amen. I want them to have a good, healthy life and a Christian life. I try to teach them Christian values every day. Yes, sir. Well, if you do that, I mean, here's the deal. And everybody out here, hear me, clo- hear me clearly here. God can judge a nation, but God will never. God doesn't pour His judgment out on individuals who are living for Him, born again, and that are Christians. God has a way of... Remember the the, um, Egyptians and the Israelites that were in bondage. Many of those plagues just came on the Egyptians and not on those down in Goshen. God's got a way of separating out. So as long as you're on the Lord's side, you don't have anything to worry about. And so it's very important that we understand these things because it takes the fear factor out of the end time. And that's why it's important not just to understand prophecy, but understand the Bible as a whole. I would encourage you, get involved in good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching churches and good Bible studies, because folks, that's what will take the fear factor out of the end time. God bless and have a great weekend. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com. 